So today we are continuing our series of encounters with Jesus. Um, last week we we heard about the man that was born blind, and we heard that his life was completely transformed when he met Jesus. Today we are focusing on Jesus' encounter with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Now we've heard from just the beginning of chapter 11, 1 to 6, because it's, it's quite long, the whole story. Um, but to help us under, get a full picture, I will be referring to certain verses that are after verse 6. So if you want to have your Bible open or reopen your Bible, you might find that helpful. So we'll be looking at John chapter 11 and I will be picking out a few verses from verse 1 to 53, but I'll let you know where I'm going. Um, so in some ways, Mary, Martha and Lazarus' situation is one I, we can probably all relate to. We all have illness and loss in our lives. And I recognise that we're probably touching on a fairly sensitive subject. Um, but we will be focusing on the hope in this chapter so hold on to that hope um, and we'll be looking at three things that I think we can learn from um, from chapter 11 so these are um, so I'll be going through them one by one so Jesus has love and compassion for his people it's all for God's glory and Mary and Martha trusted Jesus and so can we and we're going to start with Jesus's love and compassion for people. Now, throughout the Gospels, we hear of examples of Jesus's love and compassion for lots of different people, often people that are overlooked by everybody else. Um, and we've seen this in our series so far. Um, so if we cast our mind back um, a few weeks um, we heard about the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, that most people would go nowhere near, that Jesus showed so much um, love and compassion and care for her. And then, obviously, last week, we were thinking about um, the man that was born blind. And again, someone that was completely ignored um, by everyone else, that Jesus showed compassion for and healed and, and completely transformed and here again, we hear about Jesus's compassion. Now, in the verses that we've read, it's made clear that Jesus loved Lazarus, as it's mentioned in the message from his sisters to Jesus. In verse 3, it says, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And it's also stated that Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Mary, and Lazarus in verse 5. So it's really clear about how Jesus feels about this family. And they already knew each other. Um, this is the first time we hear about Lazarus, but if you, um, you're probably aware of the story, it's quite a famous um, Bible story. In Luke 10, we hear about Mary and Martha. It's often quite controversial as um, Mary is listening to Jesus and Martha is busying herself with all the hospitality that needs to be done and is called to come and listen to Jesus and put those things down. So going back to John chapter 11, Jesus has great care for this family. And two days later, he does journey to Bethany where they are. Lazarus has died and the sisters are grieving 
Mary comes out to meet Jesus and weeps. And we read in verse 33 that Jesus weeps too. And Jesus, it says, was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. It's incredibly expressive language saying that this is some, his heart is going out to this family. And if, but if we think about the people that we love and care about, our instinct tends to be to protect them and help them. So if something's going wrong, if someone is ill, our instinct would be to help them with whatever first aid we know, or likely to be picking up the phone and ringing for help. We would act and we would expect those people that we call on for help to act and act quickly. So if we know that Jesus clearly cared for this family, then why didn't he act straight away? I don't know if it struck you as odd as we were reading that actually Jesus hears this message. Lazarus, who you love, he's ill. And he stays where he is for two more days. Two more days. If we ask someone for help and they didn't move for two days, we'd probably start thinking, well, do you even, do you even care? But we know he does care. So what is going on? Well, from all the clever commentators that have a look at all these things, say that if you look at the details in here about where Bethany is, how long it would take for Martha and Mary's message to get to Jesus, how long it would then take for Jesus to get to them, actually by the time he got that message, it's likely that Lazarus had already died and Jesus knew that. But even if he knew that, surely he'd still want to go and care for their family, go and comfort the sisters. So why didn't he? Well, this leads us on to our second point, which is it's all for God's glory. In verse 4, Jesus says, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Puzzling at first glance, I would say, this verse. Um, It doesn't make that much sense to us, does it? Well, it did lead to death because we know that Lazarus died. And how, what's going on? Well, we have a little clue later on in the chapter. So if you have um, a look at verse 24, at this point, Jesus has arrived in Bethany and he's speaking with Martha and they discuss Lazarus's rising which Martha completely misinterprets what Jesus is trying to say but Jesus then says I am so I am the resurrection and the life again it wouldn't make complete sense to her but Jesus is giving hints he's giving hints to who he is I am is also how God refers to himself in the Old Testament. So that would probably sound, um, set something off in her head. I am the resurrection and the life. How can Jesus be the life? So he's pointing towards what's going to happen. He's pointing towards the fact that he's going to bring life to it, to us. And if you're familiar with the rest of the chapter, you will know that Jesus goes to the cave where Lazarus is buried. 
But by this time, it's four days since Lazarus had died. And in Jewish understanding of death, by this time, there's no possibility that he can be revived. However, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the cave and Lazarus comes out. It's quite descriptive about he's still got all his kind of all the strips, all the bandages around him. Jesus, um, sorry, Lazarus is alive again. It's amazing. It's a miracle. Lazarus has been brought back to life by Jesus. But it is amazing. It is a miracle. But it's still only hinting at even more amazing things to come. But what has this all got to do with God's glory? Now, in John's Gospel, there are seven signs, what we also might call miracles. So we've heard about this one is the seventh, and also a man being born blind, and there are other kind of signs in John's Gospel. And this is the seventh and final sign, because from chapter 12 onwards, the focus goes from all the amazing miracles that Jesus has done and Jesus showing aspects of who he is to the focus on what's to come, Jesus' death and resurrection. It's all building up to that point. But Jesus continues to describe what is going to happen to him, his death and resurrection, in terms of glory, which again is a bit confusing. doesn't sound glorious. It sounds sad and traumatic. But he does. And if you want to have a look at one of them, in the next chapter, chapter 12, verse 23, Jesus says, The hour has come for the Son of Man, himself, to be glorified. Jesus is bringing an end to death and separation between us and God. This is the real hope here. So Lazarus' healing shows that Jesus had power over death and points towards what Jesus is going to do on the cross by dying for us so that we can be with God forever, now and forever. The ultimate demonstration of love, which we know he has for Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and we know he has for us because it tells us so earlier in John, that famous verse, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so who... So everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Lazarus' death helps to point towards the glory of God. But remember, it's not just about that. Jesus still cares a lot for him and the rest of his family. This is a sign, a miracle, a pointing towards what God is all about, God's glory. But it's also an act of compassion. And though we do not know a lot about Lazarus, we do hear more of Mary and Martha and their relationship with Jesus, which brings us to our final point, which is Mary and Martha trusted Jesus, and so can we. So this is so much for Mary and Martha to take in. They did not have a full picture. We have a much better picture of what's going on. But they did trust Jesus. And they trusted him even before he brought Lazarus back to them. But why? Why did they trust him? They knew something of Jesus. 
We're already aware from their appearance in Luke's Gospel that Mary and Martha had spent time with Jesus. And from our reading today, we know that the sisters were confident that Jesus could do something about Lazarus's illness, or they wouldn't have sent him that really urgent message. But even when it seemed too late for Jesus to do anything, when Jesus arrived in Bethany, Martha was convinced that Jesus could still heal her brother, even after his death. All he had to do was ask God, she says in verse 22. But why did she believe this? Well, we hear Martha's reason in verse 27. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. Martha is clear on who Jesus is. He's the saviour. He's the one they've been waiting for for hundreds of years. But this does not mean that she knew what he was going to do. She did not know how things would turn out for her and her family, but she trusted Jesus. She saw something of who he was and who he is, even before his death and resurrection. And after Lazarus is raised from the dead, we only hear one more account of the family in chapter 12, as they host Jesus for dinner and Mary famously wipes Jesus' feet with her hair and really expensive perfume. And there are also threats to kill Lazarus, as the chief priest did not like the fact that some Jews were believing in Jesus because of what had happened with Lazarus, because he brought him back from, from the dead. However, the family continued to trust Jesus, even though it definitely wasn't plain sailing. So, what about us then? Do we believe that God truly loves us as he loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus and as it tells us in the Bible, tells us so clearly so many times, including in John 3.16, as we heard? And do we trust God with everything, even when we do not have that full picture? Which is all the time, let's face it. We never really have a full picture of what's going on. This can be particularly challenging in times when everything might seem to be going a bit wrong like it was for Mary, Martha and Lazarus. But they held on to Jesus, their saviour, and were confident in his love and trusted him. So how might we do the same? I had a bit of a think about this, and I would be honest with you, I'm not perfect about this either. Um, But I realise there are things that I do to help remind me and trust in Jesus, particularly on those days where everything seems to be going a little bit wrong. (laughs) And I'm going to just share two of these ways with you. One of them I have here. I don't know if you can see this very well from where you're sitting, um, but I'm happy to show you this. You might be familiar with an artist called Hannah Dunnett. Hannah Dunnett does beautiful artwork and she fills it with verses from the Bible. And I have quite a few of her pieces (laughs) around my room, including her calendar. So every month, there's a new picture. um, And you can read, enjoy it, and read some of God's promises. Um, I've I've skipped August. I will be going back, but I was just having a look at the different ones this morning. And here it clearly says, The heaven declares the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. So linking back to what we're talking about, the glory of God. 
I sometimes will have a read of these on those days where maybe I've forgotten some of the promises of God. The other thing that I've recently done, which is just appeared there, um, if you can't quite see it, it is a picture of a cross. It's a picture I took of a stained glass window at a retreat centre that I've gone to a few times. Um, It's beautiful. It's a cross, but it looks a bit like a jigsaw. It's got beautiful colours. And when the sun comes into the... It's in a chapel, comes in, the light shines through and sometimes goes all the way into the corridor. So that kind of picture of God shining through um, into our lives and God's glory, it reminds me of that. And the reason why you have kind of things on there, it is now on my phone. So it is my lock screen. And I obviously look at my phone too many times in a day than I should, probably. But every time I do, that's what I see. I see, I'm reminded of God's love for me through his cross. And if you can see at the bottom as well, there's some little knitted people and it is the Lord's Supper which was placed below um, the stained glass window. So different kind of little ways that we can remember and thank God um, for all that he has done for us. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the example of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. We thank you that they had that amazing encounter with you that they love and trusted you and we pray that you be with us each day and particularly this week in all the ups and downs that we go through help us to remember your love for us and help us to trust you we pray this in jesus name amen